Day one of Utah football spring ball is officially in the books. What did we learn from the first practice? We're talking about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown News your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, an official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. My name is J.C. Wistow, former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're talking all things spring ball, but want to remind you guys, if you're new to the channel, please like, subscribe, support the show. We are nearing in on 1,000 subscribers. It'd be a huge milestone for this channel to reach, so can't thank you guys enough for your support and uh, all you do, and also would love to interact with you guys on social media. You can follow me at J.T. Wistow or hit us up at the channel at Lockdown Utes on Twitter. So spring ball is back. Today, the media got to see the last 20 minutes of spring practice and talk with some of the coaches and the players after I was able to speak with Mikey Matthews and also Mickey Sugaturaga. And we'll talk about what about how my conversation with them went a little bit later on. But first, just got to start with general thoughts. First of all, it was so great to be back. I thought about that even as I was walking up. You know, you start talking to the other media members. I ran into Jay Catch, who's someone I used to call some of the games uh, on KSL sports rewind with and uh, it was just great being back up at the facility then you make your way over to the practice field and it was just great to watch the team be out there you know football is back and i will say it's kind of funny that it is spring ball because look i know you guys are used to spring looking like this but i whenever i was back playing spring football that was it uh in texas and obviously the weather is a little bit different in the springtime in texas than it is for the start here i asked even mikey matthews about it and he said yeah this is by this was the coldest practice or just in general football related activity he had he had done and uh but he he did get some reps today and we'll talk about him in a second um first thing that was really nice is when we walked in right away we saw brandon rose in which that's one of the big things is we're gonna see a lot of brandon rose and nate johnson bryson barnes will get reps but kyle whittingham said they know what bryson barnes is so they really want to find out with nate johnson and then that brandon rose are and that makes a lot of sense when you got two younger guys still vying to compete we all like like Kyle Whittingham, right? We know what Bryson Barnes is. So that's where it's a great opportunity for Nate and then Brandon Rose also to be able to evaluate their stock. And uh, Brandon wasted no time because as soon just it, it's funny how these things work out, right? Like just right when we walked in, happened to be the time when Brandon Rose was in, and Brandon Rose had a great throw to open up really media availability, finding Veiling in the corner of the end zone. It was nice to see. One thing that is worth noting for what we saw today was it was helmet with no pads and i even you could hear the coaches yelling numerous times to make sure everyone stays up they wanted to make sure everyone stayed clean that everyone avoided injuries on the first day of spring practice and that's what you want right spring practice is all about development getting better and you can't do that if you get hurt so we will see this team put on the pads obviously more and go a little bit more full speed and they no, they were flying around after the snap and there was no tackling guys were just filling holes and you could hear the pads not in the pads and you could hear bodies hitting colliding a couple times maybe some helmets hitting i'll say but um yeah they were definitely trying to be it was not like 110 percent on the field out there like i said they were still they were still going at it a little bit but nothing too crazy but it was nice to see rose get the throw um like just for example though all the quarterbacks they did have time like if they wanted to 
there wasn't really pre- yes guys broke through in pressure but it wasn't like they blew the play dead you could run around make something out of it or time to throw in the end zone but i will say i thought both brandon rose and a johnson did a really good job of the pressure did break in kind of moving drifting away from it or also just getting the ball out before that pressure could break in so credit to both of those guys so yeah brandon rose really kicked it off with a nice throw to vele not long after that, we saw um, we saw Cole Becker come out, kick a field goal. Kyle Whittingham did say that there is not a kicking competition. This is Cole Becker's job. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, he's a guy who accomplished a lot, obviously, with Colorado. With I mean, he was four for five on field goals between 40 and 50 yards last season, and or 40 to 49 yards, I should actually say. And uh, when you get a guy coming over transfer like that, you're, you're going to give him the job. And I will say, field goal kicking was a little bit of a struggle for these today. They were two of four overall. Now, a couple of those were pretty far out, but... One of them, we did get a doink on on one of them, and the other one was just a little bit a uh, bit of short. But uh, that and that wasn't all by Becker too. There was there were other kickers rotating in, but uh, Becker himself was one for two. He was the one who had the second doink, but he did make the first uh, field goal of practice. Um, some of the other things that stood out, uh, Nate Johnson. I did I talked about Brandon Rose a little bit in the throw he made. I thought Nate Johnson looked really good. He had a couple nice throws over the middle to a few to a few. Had one to Vele. Vele made an incredible, really nice catch on one too. And that's a nice thing you see with a guy like Nate Johnson is look, he's a guy who very well may be starting the first game of the season because of the cam rising injury and camp and coach Whit reiterated today. Hey, this is, this is cam's team, but he's not getting the reps out here. So this is where it's a great opportunity for these guys to come in, be ready to go and battle it out and win the job, win the backup job and have a chance. This is not what coach Whit said, but this is just obviously what's evident with winning the backup job, have a chance to maybe be the guy against Florida because we don't know if cam rising is going to be ready. So, I thought Nate looked really good too. He had one uh, run down the sideline where um, it was kind of like a bootleg. He rolled out to the right, and uh, I want to say it was Makai Cope was pretty well covered in the end zone, so he just took off, and you could just uh, see the speed. Just he was flying down the sideline. It was a uh, it was fun to watch too. I think it was him and Medlock were kind of joking around with each other after Chew chirping a little bit. That's one of the things you love about football, right? Is the competitive juices, the flow, everything. It's one of the things that always made practice when you get to joke around and kind of go at it, go at your friends back and forth in that comp- competitive atmosphere. So. That was fun to see. But yeah, I thought Nate looked really good. As I said, it was good to see him get to let it let it rip a little bit. As uh, Look, obviously, we just saw him run the ball a lot in games last season, and I think everyone's really excited to see what he can do. That's what and a couple of looked good in the outside, but it was just, uh, just better over there, too. So yeah, a lot of credit to Nate, as we mentioned. Also, apologies if we're having any technical difficulties right now. We should be good, but I had a little stream thing pop up for a moment. Anyways, as we continue on with this. So, yeah, Nate looked really good. Brandon Rose also looked very good. So it's going to be fun to watch and see how that battle plays out. And we very well will probably see them, those two get the majority of the reps in the spring game. So I, I still feel like this is going to end up being Nate Johnson's job. But it's going to be fun to watch and see how it does play out because both guys got a lot of work with the ones out there and uh, speaking of the ones we did get our first look at what appeared to be utah's first offensive line so right now it's a towel Maya at left tackle which i was a little bit surprised at for those of you who have listened to, to this channel now keaton bills at left guard stayed there jaron Kump at center we thought about him me and maybe in the mix for tackle but even coach Witt alluded to Kump is a guy who can play anywhere along the offensive line so i guess we shouldn't have been too shocked that he stayed in that position and uh, or that and stay in that position, but is a guy who's giving the run at center right now. Michael Mokafisi still at right guard, and Falcon Kalmatule at the right tackle spot. And look, in terms of Satawa starting at at the right side last year, maybe they feel he's more ready for the left side. And that's one of the things that's great about spring balls; it gives this team the opportunity to work out the different guys and see if they feel like they're ready to take over and be the starting left tackle. And that's what Satawa's gonna have a chance to do. Falcon's gonna have a chance to do. Also, speaking of offensive linemen, Spencer Fano was the back was the second string right tackle during the practices portions we got to say and uh, he looked good and he wasn't the only Fano out there Logan Fano was wearing his helmet he got out there I believe he was with the operating with the twos as well and 
it was just great to see him out there. He's a guy you can just tell from his physical profile. It's like that that's going to be a dude for this Utah football team. So I'm really excited to see what uh what he is going to, what he's going to be able to do um once he gets kind of in the full swing and the full go of everything and we get to see more of those. You know, as I said, padded. Once the guys really throw the pads on too, we'll get to see uh, more of them. One last thought before we take our first break. I also want to mention is I already mentioned one nice. I've mentioned a couple of the nice grabs by Devon Vele. Now you can just tell he just looks very comfortable as this team's wide receiver one right now. Mm-hmm. Look, I think Money Parks could be in for a big year uh, when Brant can't when Brant Keithy gets healthy. Obviously, he's going to probably take away from a lot of that and very well could lead this team in this Utah team receiving yards once again after doing so the past couple seasons before getting hurt. But look, Devon came back to help raise his stock and continue to have a chance to, to do special things in college, obviously not just winning Pac-12 championships again, but Rose Bowls or wherever else this team has the potential to be able to go and, uh, and take themselves. So I, I definitely was fun to see Vele out there. And like I said, you can just tell he just does a great job adjusting the ball. got really strong arms and had a, had a couple of really good grabs. So it was good to see, uh, to see him out here we are just getting started breaking down the first day of spring ball as i mentioned we got to see the first 20 minutes and then talk to coach witt and a couple of the offensive players after and we're going to continue to tell you about all of that we witnessed in a second but first i want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel sportsbook the tournament is heating up and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, america's number one sportsbook because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can buy everything from the money line to the points scored and threes drained you guys can also include special bets like an exclusive two times three which is two three pointers scored in the first three minutes and do player props too: points rebounds assists march madness the stretch run of the nba season it's a great time to head over to fanduel plus fanduel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger pat with the same game parlay so don't miss a chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment matter more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So coming back in, as I mentioned, a couple other thoughts I had watching a spring ball today. Um, one nice thing was to see was we saw a lot of just uh, Justin Medlock, and he looked sensational out there. I mean, just to talk about a huge physical profile. Um, actually, before we jump into the defensive side of the ball, I want to give another thing on offense. Um, Isaac Vaha made a nice catch over the middle. He looks huge. I mean, he's 6'6", 265, and... Uh, looks every bit of it as well. I'll add. I was I was really impressed with his the one play we really saw from him, and then you could just see the depth of this Utah tight end room. There were a couple tight ends who uh, who made made some grabs and uh, said it's definitely a special group of guys that Freddie Whittingham Jr., one of the best tight end coaches in the neighbor in the nation, has uh, uh, cultivated and brought together. So, as for any other guys on offense, before we look take a look look at some of the other guys on defense, uh, another nice highlight was uh, Jaquinta Jackson had a nice long touchdown on a wheel route. Um, he saw got an opportunity to catch a couple passes last year. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure if he finished this. I'm sure he caught at least one or two balls, but I do remember there were a couple games early on where he had a couple critical drops in a uh, passing down. So um, I'm sure that was something that was nice for him to be able to haul that one in. And the other thing I should say too, is as soon as he caught it, you saw some of the offensive coaches get fired up. Like the energy that this team brings and practices with, 
is I think one of the reasons that it's so attractive for guys to come here. Practices are not mundane. They're not boring. They're fun. They're energetic. You are competing and you're getting after it. And that is what a lot of these guys really enjoy. And it's one of the things that makes it playing football so much fun is the competitive aspect of it, as I alluded to a little bit earlier. So it was great to see that energy flying around. And uh, yeah, Jaquindon looked explosive. It's hard because, as we mentioned, they can't really tackle the guys. Um, but there were a couple of carries he got. And he did, he looks bigger, too. He looks strong, a little bit stronger, too. So I, I'm really excited for Jaquindon. And uh, that was a great play to see him catch that wheel route. And that was a long pass, too. I want to say it was 30 yards. Maybe it could have just been 20. But either way, big play from uh, from Jaquindon. So a lot of encouraging things for the offense. All right, now flipping it over to defense. One of the nice, pleasant surprises was seeing Justin Medlock was officially this team, the team's third linebacker. He was mostly the middle linebacker. Today it was him, Kareni Reed, and Lander Barton were the three guys out there. Um, as we talked about on last week's show, or actually, I believe I failed to mention, was Leovani Dumuni cannot officially join this team yet because he's got the transfer thing, uh, or excuse me, just the way Stanford does it with quarters. He couldn't leave school early, so he will join the team in the fall. But right now, Justin Medlock is there, and Medlock looked big, and he looked fast. He was flying around the field, uh, had a nice opportunity. I mentioned Nate Johnson had that nice run. Medlock, what, Medlock would have met him on the sideline on that one, too, so a good job by Medlock finding the angle and being able to cut him off in that situation as a, as you want to see your linebackers do. And Medlock is a guy who was able to keep his red shirt year last year. And I think he's a guy who's going to have a, a big year this year, if, or I should say a big, some big plays probably maybe not a big year. Cause I still think the starting linebacker is going to be Barton Reed and Mooney, but I think Medlock's going to make a couple key stops and with the way injuries and everything piles up. I think we're definitely going to see him be have to start one or two games this season. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Also Connor O'Toole start was a starting DN across from Jonah Ellis. So it was fun to um, get to see him out there kind of working through things. Good to see Jonah back out there. Jonah won a couple of uh, his reps too. And then uh, looking at the secondary, Zamaya Vaughn and JT Broughton were the two starting corners out there and uh, both did both did a good job and everything. We saw had a couple of nice breakups. Um, another thing that was really cool to see was Miles Battle. Miles Battle out there, just seeing him on the field. Looks like an SEC corner, right? When you Whenever you say SEC any position, you expect bigger faster, stronger, all those things. And look, I don't, I don't think he looked, I will say, I don't think he looked like faster than all the guys out there, but he was definitely one of the longer corners that this Utah team now has. So I think he fits perfectly with his physical profile out there and made a nice pass breakup. Uh, it was a close, if it was a hold or not. I remember that they you could tell the tight end. I think he broke the pass up on, or maybe it was even Makai trying to remember Makai Cope. Now I'm trying to remember, but uh, you could tell they were drawn back and forth about what it actually uh it actually was but um fun to see them battling back and forth and uh no no pun intended but as i said i uh, i really like miles battle and thought it was a uh, thought it was fun and uh the last thing i'll close on um for the defense too i do want to mention is uh no nate ritchie out there but tioni vaki got a lot of run at free safety and uh cole bishop was back there too so um good to see both good to see both those guys back there and uh Look, I know there's no Clayton Isabel. Coach Wood even spoke to it too, but uh, he's feeling good about the guys he has. Uh, he has in this room. Like this is a very good safety room, obviously, and I think there's a lot of reason for optimism that they'll be fine. There's a reason Isabel transferred, as we talked about. It's that you have so much depth in this room, so many guys that are vying for playing time, so many guys that deserve to play, deserve to get these opportunities um, overall. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what the safety group can do because honestly, I do think that is a, it's a very special group. I will add as well. I think these guys got a chance to do something, um, something really good overall. Also, I know I just took the headphones off for those of you who are listening. You're probably you don't care, obviously, but um, but um, just a little bit, a little bit loud tonight. So I'm like, I'm going solo. I'm, I'm taking the headphones off. Uh, but anyway, so that was the that was what we saw on the field, and uh, great to see the competitiveness once again. Just want to hammer that home. Whether it was the players talking back and forth, but it was all in good, like I said, all in good spirits. Not like bad, no animosity. This is all just fun, competitive juices flowing out there. Coaches alike too. So great to see, great to see everything 
um, unfold there. And then after we got to talk to Kyle Whittingham. So first thing was Kyle Whittingham just in his press conference said day one. That's what he expects from saw what he expected from his guys. Just good to be back out there. Everything. I'm, I, he, things weren't perfect. You could tell by the way he was talking. It wasn't like he's like, oh yeah, we had, this was flawless practice. That wasn't the vibe you got from him, but you could tell he was good with the way this first practice played out for this Utah team. Um, the next thing he also brought up was the um, the quarterbacks. He talked about how um, the main focus for the QBs will be on Nate Johnson and Brandon Rose, like we talked about, and they want to do that. that. Matt Howard will get some reps too, but he's not really there yet, he feels like. Um, they want to make a decision on the two through five through the end of spring ball, he also said. Now, I, I like I said, I think he'll maybe we'll, he'll feel like, okay, this is our two through five right now. That's very fluid, and that is obviously going to change by the time fall camp rolls around, as I think Josh Newman did a good job um, sending out and the – a lot of these quotes and questions were asked by the Utah media beat today. So you get Josh Furlong, uh, Josh Newman, where a lot of the guys who were digging these, digging these quotes out that I'm going to be reading over here. So friends of the show who are normally on the Utah beat, as you guys know. So that was another thing there. Um, I do want to say something about Bryson. Cause look, as I said, Nate Johnson, Brainer Rose, they're the guys I'm really excited about. Cause we don't know what they can be. I saw someone comment under something about how they want to tie the game incredible time utah football moment helping this utah team beat washington state on the road in pullman no ordinary no not every backup in the pack could have done that so brandon is or excuse me bryson is a very capable backup quarterback he's a game manager yeah it didn't go well against the rose bowl who played well in the rose bowl go the second half go watch the offensive line getting work the receivers not really separating like these are things that happen so it wasn't the reason the utah was in this game was because of cam even in the first half, he just kind of threw it up there, and Utah got like the one time Utah got bailed out by the pass interference penalty on an underthrown ball that Devon Bailey had to come back to and try to make a play on. So it's just the things. Like I said, Cam is unbelievable. There's Cam is a starting quarterback in the Pac-12 and one of the best ones as we know. Bryson is one of the best backup quarterbacks, but when the other guys aren't, he's a backup for a reason. He needs the other guys to be there, help and support him, and that's why we want to see these other guys get the run to see if the Brandon Rose, the Nate Johnson can overcome. When some of the other guys aren't playing up to their standard, maybe versus Bryson is more dependent on everything else going his way. But there are a lot of backup quarterbacks where everything can go their way and they still can't execute. I remember the Oregon State game. There was this past year at Rice Eccles. Um, I forgot the guy's name off the top of my head right now. But if that quarterback had just made a couple plays, they very easily could have won that game. But instead, he threw, gosh, I mean, at least four interceptions. We know Clark had three of them, and another one was uh, hauled in by RJ Hubert. So yeah, I just I think Bryson is a very good quarterback and. I won't have any. I would like to see Nate Johnson start, I, or even Brandon Rose too. There's a lot of excitement around him, and I, I like I said, that only hammered it home for me today after being able to watch him in person for those final 20 minutes. But for me, when you're talking about uh, Bryson, he's a very good backup, and I think absolutely deserves the the opportunity to stay on this team. And he's gonna have a great shot to win the um the win the backup job and be start against Florida because he's already done a lot of great things in that role. Also, speaking a little more to what Coach Witt said on the safeties, he just talked about that. Look, that Nate Ritchie did not participate today because Ritchie wasn't physically ready. He's still working through some things coming off his mission. Whittingham called Ritchie a known commodity. That's a quote from media practice today that was gotten by, um, I believe the question was asked by Josh Furlong. Uh, could have been asked by, actually, I might have been asked by Josh Newman. Either way, one of the Joshes will give credit to for, uh, for asking that question. But but yeah, I don't think it's anything to worry about long term. I think Nate's just, look, getting back in the flow of things. And I, I have no fear that he won't be ready to go by the time that uh, August rolls around. So even if he's not looking like one of the two best safeties by the time one of the three best safeties by the time spring ball comes to a close. I think that's fine. He's just getting used to it again. He's been serving his mission. 
it's a different physical regimen to get back into football shape. And it sounds like that's what he's adjusting to right now. So overall, a really fun first day of spring football. It was great being back out there. As I mentioned, great to see the guys out there. Always fun to see the surprises, whether it was a great play made by Brandon Rose, Jaquindon Jackson making that play, Nate Johnson making some plays, Justin Medlock flying around on the defensive side of the ball, getting our first look at Miles Battle too. So it was great just being back out there and it's exciting that football is back and that we get to talk about the potential this team has to kind of grow and make those improvements. So it was really exciting. What was also exciting was I got to speak to a couple of the guys after spring ball was over in Mickey Sugaturaga and Mikey Matthews as well. We are going, I'm going to talk to you about my conversation with both of those guys in a moment, but first I want to talk to you guys about our friends at UCCU. It's the perfect time to open a low rate home equity line of credit from UCCU. Over time, the value of your home goes up. As you make payments, the balance you owe goes down. The space in between is equity and it's yours. A UCCU home equity line of credit can put that equity to work for you, like finishing your basement or yard and raising your home's value or paying off high interest loans and getting out of debt faster or helping with college or weddings or the peace of mind that just comes from knowing you have a low rate line of credit ready for whatever, whenever. UCCU also provide you with your very own home equity visa card, giving you instant access to your equity. If you already have a home equity with another financial institution, just refinance with UCCU and save. To learn more or to start your application today, visit uccu.com or stop by any UCCU branch. UCCU, love where you bank. All right, coming back in to close this one out. First, a couple of brief things on my conversations with Mikey Matthews and Mickey Sukutraga. I talked with Mikey first. Um, look, M Mikey's great. I mean, you guys, once you see clips or interviews or things, you guys are going to fall in love with Mikey fast. And Mikey did see some time with the ones today a little bit too. So that was a uh, was really exciting. A lot of guys were mixing the ones. There were constantly guys coming in and out, in on and off the field too. So. Um, you're going to hear that a lot of guys saw time with the ones because it's true. A lot of guys did see time with the ones, but uh, it's great talking with Mikey. Um, talked about how he, you know he earned some very high praise from Kyle Whittingham too, who um, kind of spoke to his ability to. I believe there was some. I wish I had thought I had wrote it down in my notes, but I did not. Um, he spoke a little bit to kind of the similarities to Britton Covey type. Josh Furlong uh, tweeted that one out um, from earlier today, but he Coach Witt spoke very highly of Mikey Matthews and his shiftiness and his ability. And Mikey's really excited to be up here. You can tell he's been picking the guy's brains. So I, I think he's a guy who's going to be making plays for this team in the fall and well beyond because he definitely has a skill set and he absolutely has the right attitude. And like I said, spend two minutes with the guys, guy like I did interviewing today and you'll fall in love. Another guy that I had a great time interviewing was Mickey Sugutaraga on making this transition from going from DN to tight end and talking to him. He said that this was something the coaches decided first and he wasn't crazy about the idea originally, but sees that it could be the best thing for the team. So um, this is something they're going to, he didn't say this was final to me. He did say that this is something they're trying out and still looking at and into. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it does go. It does go over for him while he's spending this time at tight end, what he thinks about the position. He did say the one thing that appeals, obviously catching touchdowns, uh, just making plays in the passing game. Um, and he understands just through his physicality, he feels like there's some things from, from playing defensive tackle. They can at least take a little bit. I mean, obviously he's been watching film on offenses and what they're trying to do. And now he's the one who's going to be on offense, watching film on defenses. So his understanding of both sides of the ball, he thinks will help him. This is the first time he's played offense. He told me since middle school. So that'll be the fun adjustment for him. And uh, I'm interested to see how his hands are. I don't, he didn't, we didn't see him catch a ball or anything today, but um, either way, it was great talking to Mikey and Mickey, uh, both outstanding players and guys that, Look, if you guys don't love Mickey already, you definitely should for what he did for this Utah football team last year. And Mikey's going to win you over really fast. 
my opinion, it'll probably come in the spring game, but you guys will hear a lot of quotes from other people who interview him too. And uh, you're going to see why he's a very popular name, but either way, a great first day of spring practice for the Utah football team, Utah football, working on three peating as PAC 12 champions, something the Utah gymnastics team recently did. And because of that, they now have a great opportunity to earn. They earn their NCAA regional berth and they'll be going to Los Angeles where they'll be taking on in their session one, they'll be taking on Auburn. So SUNY Lee and then Southern Utah and Washington. And then session two at the same site is UCLA, Missouri, Stanford, BYU slash Boise, Utah, the fifth seed overall in the tournament. So here's how it works too for the regionals. The top two finishing teams of each session will advance to the NCAA regional final on Saturday, April 1st at 6 p.m. Mountain time. Then the top two finishing teams from the regional final will earn a spot at the 2023 NCA Women's Gymnastics Championships in Fort Worth, Texas. That's on April 13th through the 15th. Utah Gymnastics is competing for their record 47th consecutive national championship appearance this season. Utah is the only program. Um, once if you guys can't tell by actual expressions, mind blown off that. Um, the nation to qualify for every national championship. The Red Rocks have won 33 region titles, 30 NCA, and have finished second. The other 13 years, the Utes are coming off the program's third straight Pac-12 championship, as we mentioned, marking the first time a team has won three consecutive Pac-12 titles since the league expanded in 2012. The conference title marks Utah's 10th title overall after the Red Rocks have now claimed six Pac-12 championships and all four Pac-12 regular season championships. So truly impressive stuff by Coach Fardum and his group. Um just sensational. And when you're a team as talented as they are, you're going to be recognized for postseason awards. And they were. The Red Rocks had four play four competitors earn all Pac-12 honors. Jaden Rucker on vault, Crystal Isla on beams. She was honorable mention on bars. Miley O'Keefe was on bars and beams, and Kara Aker on beam as well. Also, Miley O'Keefe won the specialist Pac-12 specialist of the year, second year in a row that she notched that award. And also, shout out to Abby Brenner, who was named your 2023 Pac-12 Vault Champion. That one was named back on Saturday, but want to give a little shine to it here. So, look, this gymnastics team is a powerhouse. There is no reason to think that Coach Fardum and the squad won't be able to return to nationals once again. And we'll get, we know what the women's team gets to do when they take on LSU later this week. And we get the gymnastics team on Saturday. Utah football spring ball kicking in high gear. Utah men's team flirting around with some transfers too. So it's always a great time to be a U. It especially is here because there's so many great sports and everything going on. Also, I don't remember if I ever gave him a shout out at the time, but shout out to the ski team as well for taking home another uh, national championship back when uh, back when they did. Truly a powerhouse program, and it's incredible that you have a couple of powerhouses because I said gymnastics, what football's becoming a Pac-12 threat, the women's basketball team kind of molding themselves into one too. So really fun. You'll watch and see how everything plays out. But once again, best luck to the Utah women's gymnastics team. And look with how outstanding they've been on all four events, being bars, beam, floor, and vaults. I have no doubt that they're going not going to make it a the their 47th straight con, uh, consecutive national championship appearance. It's an unbelievable feat and one that I don't doubt that they are going to not achieve. So it'll be fun to see how it plays out. And it'll be fun to see how the rest of the week plays out. Make sure you guys keep it here at Locked on Utes as we'll be talking about more spring ball reactions. Tomorrow's show, I have Spencer McLaughlin on. We talk about the Utah quarterback two battle. We preview that a little bit more and talk about who we think is going to eventually win the quarterback two job before spring ball is wrapped up. the practice too so i'll just leave it there with that and 
then the other thing just want to mention um, as well is later this week, we'll be talking about um, Utah second spring practice. So make sure you guys tune in for that. And on tomorrow's episode, we'll also be talking about some of the other question marks amongst the other PAC 12 contenders, because if Utah wants to, wants to win the PAC 12, they're going to have to go through those teams. So you got to know your enemy in order to beat them. So we'll be talking with Spencer about all that great stuff tomorrow. Also, if you guys are in the market for a second, listen every day, we recommend you check out the locked on college basketball podcast, where you have hosts, Isaac shade and Andy Patton, bringing everything you know on and off the court. Plus you can hear from big name experts, coaches and players the basketball landscape march is full of madness and locked on college basketball has you covered for all of it even if your bracket is busted what a great weekend of games we just saw and it's going to be another exciting week this thursday through sunday when we get the sweet 16 in action locked on college basketball available on youtube and wherever you get your podcast thank you guys again for joining us and we'll see you tomorrow for some more locked on